because we now have the Cinema Giant! Hello and welcome to the Cinema Judge. To all my regular listeners, welcome back. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. And to all you new people, briefly, this is what the show is about. I collect the evidence as the judge. I have interviews, on-the-set footage, all these kind of things, world premiere footage. I collect it, put it in one giant infomercial, if you will, give you the evidence, and you make up your own mind if you want to see this movie or not. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, don't see this movie or whatever. You're smarter than that, and so am I. I give you the evidence, and you do what you do with it as you will. That's what we do here. It's a movie oasis. We don't sit here and yell and complain about Hollywood or whatever. I just love movies, and I like sharing movies with you. And at the end of the show, if you want to watch a TV version of this, I'm going to give you a website so you can watch the TV version. So if that's your thing, at the end of the show, I'm going to give you that website. But approaching a bench today... We have the legendary classic story, Cyrano. And this one stars Peter Dinklage. Who is he? You know who he is. He's the guy from Game of Thrones. What an incredible talent. There's nothing this guy can't do. He can do so much with just a single expression. Facial expressions, whatever. And just the way he delivers lines, immaculate. This guy is just golden. I know, I know. Enough of my rambling. But here's the story in a nutshell. It's been in This story has been told... Many times over, switched it to be more modern, teenage angst, all those kind of things. But here it is in a nutshell. He's too self-conscious to woo Roxanne himself, the woman that he's madly in love with. But him being a wordsmith, he helps out a character named Christian help woo her with him writing the letters. So without further ado, here is the trailer for Cyrano. He's here. Cyrano? Cyrano. Pleasure to meet you, Cyrano de Bergerac. You're a freak. Freak. My dearest friend, I'd be very angry with you if you died. My sole purpose on this earth is to love Roxanne. Does she know? The world will never accept someone like me and a tall, beautiful woman. We have no money. A clever marriage is your only option. I won't be rescued. I'm not in distress. Love, does that mean nothing to you? Children need love. Adults need money. I need something to die for. Write poems and cry for. And I won't be ashamed. I'd give anything for someone to say That they can't live without me to make. I am madly in love. Perhaps he feels the same. But I've never actually spoken to him. Of your love? I think. <laughs> he is Christian. Christian Nubelet. He's a new recruit in your regiment. Of course he is. A woman like Roxanne wants wit, romance, poetry. I don't know how to speak romantically. I am a poet. My words upon your lips. 
I will make you romantic. Will you make me handsome? She loves me! I give anything for someone to say All the words I don't have and I can't put together I give anything Speak to me like you do in your letters. You are a beautiful flower. I am not a flower. I need more. My fate is to love her from afar. We must let her decide our fate. She must have the choice. Well, that was a trailer for Cyrano. And if you didn't know, this does have musical numbers. And they are just incredible. The song is some of the songs are so catchy, and just the visuals of this movie, it's it's you know goes on that you know almost epic like feel to it. Now coming up next, we're gonna have a featurette. Now in this featurette, the studios they send us a prepackaged deal with clips of interviews. So in this featurette, you're gonna hear from the director Peter Dinklage and more of the cast, and they're gonna talk briefly about what the story's about and the legacy of it. And you also hear an interview from Peter Dinklage talking about the play. Some of the speeches were really long. So he says in here, why not have those speeches be songs and dances? And later on, you'll, you'll hear more about that later in more interviews later. But here's that first feature at telling you a little bit more about this story. He's here. Cyrano? Cyrano. The love triangle between Cyrano, Christian, and Roxanne is probably one of the original love triangles. This is such a beloved story. Roxanne! It's a real throwback to a real heart-on-your-sleeve feeling. Love, does that mean nothing to you? Children need love. Adults need money. I wrote an adaptation of the Rostand, Cyrano de Bergerac, and Joe Wright came and saw the play. And I guess it spoke to me in terms of it being a story about feeling worthy of love. I am madly in love. This man I love is a god (laughs) in your regiment. These characters, love tortures them. Woman like Roxanne wants wit, romance, poetry. So Cyrano's brilliant plan is to get Christian to send letters that he's written to Roxanne. I will make you eloquent. Well, you make me handsome. It has everything in common with what we live in today because they're not living in reality. He was setting up a false profile of himself. It's fascinating. You're exact opposites in style. Christian is passionate. You are coded. The original play there is filled with incredibly long speeches. The day it was born there. From the day it was born. There. There. What if all those speeches were songs? What does it feel like to slow dance in sunlight with someone you love? Music was composed by members of the band The National. Music is really the heartbeat of the piece, and the lyrics are so expressive. It's so beautiful. I'd give anything for someone to say to me. We wanted to bring a kind of originality to the characters. I'd give anything 
felt so modern in the sense that we all find faults in being able to communicate how we feel about each other. They all just really want love. I hope people come away with a renewed sense of love and beauty and a resolution to tell those that they love that they do love them. See what I'm saying? Even just hearing that, those songs, those notes, the passion, this, if you like musicals, period dramas, romance, love triangles, this is a well-crafted movie. And coming up next, you're going to hear from more of the cast and the director, Joel Wright, talking about turning this into a musical. But if you don't know who Joel Wright is, this guy has made some incredible films from 2005's Pride and Prejudice, but... One of my favorite movies, which has one of the longest one-take shots with a massive background being choreographed. The movie is called Atonement. That's Atonement from 2007. If you've never seen that movie, make sure you see that. Atonement is so beautifully made. It's dark and a little bit depressing in parts. But again, it's just one of those love stories that just, just takes you away. And it's so wonderfully shot. So if you do anything, if you hear anything from this show, see Atonement. Because that is an incredible film. And he's also directed Darkest Hour, Hannah, and The Woman in the Window. And I could go on and on. This guy is incredibly talented. But in this next featurette, they talk about turning this movie, or the play, into a musical. Check it out. Cyrano de Bergerac is one of the most famous love triangles ever written. But with this movie, I wanted to create something entirely new. I need something to die for, write poems and cry for, and I won't be ashamed. The original play is filled with incredibly long speeches. But what if all those speeches were songs? I'd give anything someone to say that they can't live without me and they'll be there forever turning it into a musical elevated it so much more for joe's imagination to flourish there's so many different looks and ideas the costumes the locations the singing and dancing it's so raw and so poetic Joe creates such vivid worlds to act in, to exist in, and it really ignited a deep passion to tell this story. Joe lives and breathes cinema. He wears it right here and on his sleeve, and that's what the characters in Cyrano do as well. You're in love with her. My fate is to love her from afar. It's an outlandish, romantic atmosphere. Every character has an extraordinary unpredictability that makes them more human and heartbreaking. I hope the audience comes away from the movie theater with a renewed sense of love and beauty in the world. We must let her decide our fate. She must have the choice. And like I said earlier in the show, if you want to watch a TV version of this, you could, I'll give you that website, 
because during these featurettes, they are showing so much on the set clips and other footage that you just can't quite gra- grasp and capture on here, unfortunately. But there are some great visuals tied into these featurettes. Now, that last featurette talked a lot about the director. This next featurette talks a lot about Peter Dinklage. And you can also hear from him talking about the character and just how everybody else on the cast is just like, just inspired by watching him act and do what he does. And he talks a little bit, little bit about how he can relate to this character and how a lot of us can relate to this kind of character. And I think most of us can. If you've traveled down this road of life, like most of us, you know, or if you haven't yet, one day, you'll appreciate sometimes you might not feel up to snuff with somebody that you are madly in love with. And it's, so this is a kind of a universal story. And, you know, they just talk a lot about him as an actor, just grabbing everything he can from this character and just exploding onto the screen. Let them tell you. Here it is. Well, I'd hope to fight 100, but 10 will do. My dearest friend, I'd be very angry with you if you died. Cyrano is a flawed hero. He has inordinate courage. He's witty and brilliant, and he's desperately in love with Roxanne. My sole purpose on this earth is to love Roxanne. Does she know? The world will never accept someone like me and a tall, beautiful woman. Cyrano has this reputation of being the greatest swordsman. But his Achilles heel is that he doesn't fully believe he can be loved by her. My fate is to love her from afar. Peter Dinklage plays Cyrano, and he brings an incredibly innate and nuanced performance. He just transcends every role he plays. Working with Peter is so incredible. The way he can draw you in to a moment and allow you just to sit there and feed off of every piece of his soul is truly masterclass. For me personally, I could relate to feeling less than the person you love or feeling unworthy. But I think what the movie speaks to is everybody knows that feeling. The story of Cyrano is really about accepting who you are and accepting what sets us apart. Dear Roxanne, I think they explained it pretty darn well. He has just talent oozing out of him. Now, speaking of Peter Dinklage, he's up next. And he's going to talk... Sorry, my voice is kind of going there. I apologize. He's going to talk about not using a stunt double for some of these scenes or do a lot of cuts. Because we all know in some action films, they cut, 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 cut. up. You know, And it's just like they take you out of the scene. You know they're not shooting it all in one piece. But they wanted to do that in this film, be authentic. He goes, I don't want a stunt double. I want to shoot it right. And that's what really you know impresses me about these kind of movies. It's not done in that quick cut way that sometimes just, you're like, come on, do better. So here he is talking about that. That was the thing with Cyrano. He has this reputation of being the greatest swordsman. 
So you can't cheat that. And we didn't want to do any CGI or any doubling. I didn't want to double. Um, so I want to, and I love learning new things. And we went all in and hopefully it, it, it work shows. But that second sequence, when we get attacked by the 10 men, we also didn't want to cut away because that's a kind of a cheat. You can go boop, boop, and then stop, and then do the nut. But we wanted to do it all. So you experience it, what Cyrano is experiencing, what it's like to be attacked relentlessly by 10 guys. So we shot that. We had it all mapped out. We shot that about 10 times. Now, hearing that, just talking about the, the dedication of shooting a scene that many times to get it right, that just shows you the integrity of the director and the cast members and everybody involved. Now, coming up next, we're going to play a clip from Cyrano. In this scene, Cyrano first starts up like he's standing on top of a... He's standing on something tall. I know, that's a really bad description. And then he slides down on the rope, and he starts approaching the stage. You know, he's he's chewing out this, this actor on the stage, talking about how pathetic he is, and that he has no honor, and, you know, just, you know, he's not very good at it. So this is just kind of introduces you to the character, and, you know, kind of gives you an impression of who he is and how much passion the guy has. So he's standing up on this ledge. That's not the right word, but he's standing on something, slides down, and voila, here's that scene. You've made this stage your personal style. The dramatic muse has fled the building. She scampered off when you started gilding. The lily with your great big voice. The poor muse had no choice. I love this place and all it means. Poetry, romance, terror, truth. I've loved it here since early youth. Can't stand aside while you dishonor it. With your pumping and your hideous jigs, I will not abide your thumping and uh, dreadful wigs. <laughs> Once you've abandoned the truth, you've lost your car. You don't remember how truth feels or what it's for. So now leave this stage never to return, and I'll applaud the new integrity you'll earn. Exit, Montgomery. Well, that was a scene from Cyrano. Now, coming up next, Peter Dinklage talks about the character Roxanne, about how passionate she is about poetry and all these kind of things. So here's that interview. Because she's such a free spirit. She's a, in, in a time when women weren't allowed to be intellectuals as much as the men were, she doesn't have any of that. She carves her own path. And, you know, she loves poetry. She loves the written word. And that's what really bonds Cyrano and Roxanne together. Um, she holds salon poetry readings that, that she hosts. And she's very, very intelligent. Now, that was him talking about the character Roxanne. Now, in this next clip we have for you, here they are. Cyrano and Roxanne, they're having this really great conversation. And they both want to make a confession. And she talks to him about who she's in love with. But sadly, when he's listening to her, he's thinking, oh, I think she's talking about me. So she keeps talking and he kind of starts interrupting her a little bit. And he's like, oh, ooh, ooh, hey, man, this is me. But then, oh, it just, it just rip, reaches in and rips his heart out. When, and she doesn't know she's doing this, by the way. She's just sharing, you know, you know, confiding in a friend. And then she's telling him how much she loves this other guy, who the character, Christian, and they've never spoken. So here he is looking at her going, why? Come on, I'm right here. 
But that's the whole joy of this kind of movie. And, you know, here, here's that scene. I feel he is rather proud. <laughs> and very charming. He is mysterious, but not obscure. And his face is so bright with intelligence. What else? Um, he's very beautiful, obviously. <gasps> is he? Yes, but his natural modesty means he's completely unaware of it. I've met people like that. They are so rare. Yes, perhaps I could make a confession too. Yes, but I haven't made mine yet. I'm sorry, please continue. This man I love is a guard <laughs> in your regiment. Of course he is. Of course. In a sense that I interrupted, please continue. It's embarrassing to admit that I've never actually spoken to him. Of your love? Of anything. It was love at first sight. A thunderbolt. It's madness. Fantastical. And yet, it's absolutely real. See? And that's just a great scene. And if you ever get to see this movie or watch the TV version of this, you can see so many emotions on Peter Dinklage's face. He's just the king of that. Because... <laughs> I always call this kind of like the um, the Jenny effect, meaning if you remember Forrest Gump, you know, like Forrest was madly in love with Jenny forever, you know, and she was never in that place ever until, you know, the very end and, you know, almost too late. But most of us out there in the world, we all have our Jennies, or in this case, a Roxanne, where you pine from afar, you know, you're the, you're, you're the friend, you're the pal, you're the chum, and it can be, you know, for anybody, this isn't just a man-woman thing, it can be anybody, any human but we all have that pining thing, the, the Jenny effect. We're like, oh, man, but it's just not meant to be. And that's just how it is sometimes. But this, you know, he captures that so well in his performance. But up next, he talks about Kelvin Harrison Jr., who plays Christian, and how lucky they were to have him in this film because he's just solid. Here he is. Christian is played by Kelvin Harrison, who... um I mean, we struck gold finding him. Um, I saw this movie Waves that he did a few years back, and I just, I just said, "Who is that guy?" He's so beautiful inside and out, and he can sing. Um, but we had just uh, uh, such a good time making that film, and he, he really um, just tapped into what I was talking about earlier about he has this super intelligence playing Christian, but just is like tongue-tied with the girl he loves so it just it worked out beautifully and that's a real its own like separate love story in the film i think christian and cyrano because they start off as competitors and, and it just turns into a real a real love story between the two of them in many ways now speaking of the character christian in this next clip we have cyrano and christian they're talking and cyrano is telling them here's the deal roxanne is in love with you or thinks she is and he's like, oh my goodness, this is great. Yeah, but I'm not a very good writer. And so Cyrano is like, well, well, you just better leave town. And this is just the beginning of that whole situation where Cyrano starts writing letters to Roxanne pretending to be Christian. And then that whole process starts rolling along. So this is how they start that whole process. Oh, brother, who do you think? Roxanne. Roxanne? You don't look like a brother. 
We're old friends, like siblings, but not. We're very close. And what? She's told me everything, the theater, love at first sight, all of it. She loves me? She believes so. Sir, I'm so glad to know you. Yes, enough of that. Please forgive me for insulting you yes. earlier. Yes. yes, yes. She loves me! Now listen. She loves me. Roxanne wants a letter from you. Oh. No? Impossible if I write to her, drive her away. Really, why? I can't write love letters. Rabbit. Sorry? You just... Say what you feel. As long as it's true, you can't go wrong. But a woman like Roxanne wants wit. Romance. Maybe even poetry. <laughs> You're right. You better leave town. So as you just heard, he was telling Christian she wants a letter. And then in this next interview, Peter Dinklage is saying this. It's kind of like texting, but way before texting. Just you write up a letter, you send it away. It's almost impersonal because you're not talking to the person face to face. And that's the whole thing he talks about in this next interview about us texting today. You think you're hanging out with your buddy, your friends, but you aren't often because you're just texting. But it's not the same as face to face when you try typing or texting because those kind of things could get you in a whole lot of trouble. And I am the first one to admit I have fell victim to that. Anyway, this is him, Peter Dinklage, talking about that whole thing. Basically, he's texting her. but It's letter writing, but it's basically texting her, which everybody does now. Even I'm doing that. I'm like, no. And let alone, you know, I don't spend time as much with my friends anymore because you feel like, sorry, now I'm on a, like an internet pedestal of like, you know, but, but you just assume you've hung out with them because you've been texting them all day. But you kind of haven't. And that's exactly like the Cyrano situation. There's very... Very little interaction between Roxanne and Cyrano. And I totally understand what he's saying in that interview, because we all do that. We text and text and text, but then we realize, man, when's the last time I talked to so-and-so or seen so-and-so face-to-face? Anyway, it's just kind of a cool thing. But up next, he talks about how he really relates to the character. You know, yes, he himself might have some physical differences to the, to society, but he also realizes we all suffer from the same problem sometimes of not feeling worthy or, you know, on the same level of, of the people around us. Here he is telling you about that. Anybody could play Cyrano. I'm doing it because, yes, I do have a built-in difference that uh, I could relate to in terms of, like, feeling less than the person you love or feeling unworthy. And I, but I think what the movie speaks to is everybody knows that feeling, not people who are physically different or whatever that would set us apart. Cause we're all set apart from each other, you know? So it's a thing that we all struggle with, hopefully, cause that also can give you a sense of humor about things. And I think that's what Cyrano also does have. He has a sense of humor about himself at the same time, but his Achilles heel is this thing with Roxanne and how he doesn't really fully believe he can be loved by her. Now, coming up next, we have another clip. Now, in this clip, Cyrano is talking to Roxanne, and Roxanne is comparing him with Christian. And it's kind of an unfair discussion because, you know, she doesn't know that he's writing them. So he's kind of at an advantage. And here he is listening to her, you know, express her feelings for Christian, but yet he's the one writing those words, but he can't say it to her himself. So it's it's kind of a really kind of 
you know, cool situation. First he has too much heart and then not enough. You're jealous. Me? It's fascinating. You're both brilliant, but exact opposites in style. Christian is overt, passionate, fiery. Whereas I? You are coded. Witty. Rueful. Coded? His words aren't better than yours, just differently put. But both are endlessly quotable. You know his letters by heart. You will arrange the meeting. As ever, I am at your service. Now, coming up next, we have Peter Dinklage talking about the director, Joel Wright. I just love these interviews where you get to hear an actor talk about the passion of the director and how much they appreciate them and like working with them. Joe's a rare bird. He he sort of, well, he lives and breathes cinema. And he truly does. I've never met anybody like that who just, he wears it on his, right here and on his sleeve. And that is what the characters in Cyrano do as well. So I think he had a very good sense of all of that. Um, I mean, he fell in love with it when we, he saw the stage version of it. And that, that says so much. It wasn't like, what could I do with this? It was more like, I love this. I, I want to lift, I want to do something with this. Um, and, uh, and his movies are so, especially with our cinematographer Seamus, who did a lot of his other movies. They're so beautiful. There's such a, there's such a, a living portrait of, of some of an era, a long gone era. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no camera trickery. It doesn't, you know, it's not that the attention span is not, there's, it's a patient lens. Um, and he had never done a musical before either. None of us had a movie musical. So it's going in, that's so exciting. Um, the first time experience with everything. Like I said, that's just a great interview. Now coming up next, this is a scene that's been played out in various movies in very different ways. In this particular movie, Cyrano is, is standing like behind a wall as Christian is standing in like a, 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 out in the open talking to Roxanne, who's up on the balcony. <laughs> and Cyrano is feeding Christian lines. So he's like, blah, blah, blah. And then he repeats it up to her. And then obviously sometime in this conversation, things are not heard or not said properly and whatever. But I just love how this one plays out. Again, if you look at so many 80s films and so many other ones where themes of this nature are played out, but this one really captures it pretty darn well. Good night. What? I could no more stop loving you. I could no more stop loving you. Than I could stop the sun rising. Then I can stop the sun rising. Really? My cruel love has never stopped growing in my soul. From the day it was born there. From the day it was born. There. There. If your love is cruel, you should have killed it. I tried. It has the strength of Hercules. I tried. It has the strength of 
Hercules. Hercules! Got anything better? Shh. Do continue. Please. Roxanne, my love for you is so powerful. Roxanne, my love for you is so powerful. It has strangled the two serpents. It has strangled the two serpents. Pride and doubt. <laughs> Those scenes are so much fun where you get to have this character truly just unload how he feels through somebody else. But it's always, you know, kind of sad too because she's like, oh man, here he is pouring his heart out. But she thinks it's this guy. It's it's a classic scene. Up next, we're going to hear a little bit more from Peter Dinklage. He's going to talk about the whole thing about singing, about sometimes just letting the natural aspect of your voice come out because after that, there's a featurette about the music and song and dance, the featurette, and it's it's really quite cool. Here he is talking about just his voice. You forgive the scratches. You know, that's part of singing. That's, that's your soul. It's, it doesn't matter. Your voice isn't as important as what your, your soul is saying. What does it feel like to slow dance in sunlight with someone you love? The music in the film really ignited an incredible originality and a soulfulness to the retelling of this iconic story. All the music in the movie was composed by members of the band The National. Their music is so romantic and heartbreaking often. It just comes from deep within. I need something to die for, write poems and cry for. I won't be ashamed. The holy grail in musical films is to capture it live. So you have that imperfection and the sound of the movement. I'd give anything for someone to say. All the words I don't have and I can put together. It's so different from standing in front of a mic and singing it when movement's involved and the space is there. You're experiencing the nuance of the moment. The sets become a playground, and there's no one better to express that than City Larby. He's incredible. I give for someone to say. His choreography is extremely fluid. It's quite modern, and it's incredibly romantic. When we were making it, you could tell that it was going to become something very magical. The actors just poured their soul into this. All of it is just so breathtaking and so poetic. There's some moments and you're just kind of like, wow, this is cinema. This is fantasy. This is escapism. It's a throwback to a real heart-on-your-sleeve sort of feeling that I think people still go to the movies for. We must let her decide our fate. She must have the choice. Now, if you really want to watch what they were showing when you were hearing that, truly watch the TV version of this because it is so in-depth. They show... So many scenes on the set as they're making it. Now, with that song that you were hearing them talking about, in this next scene, 
it's played in full. And it first starts off with a close-up of Cyrano and Christian. They're like sitting against the wall and they start singing their, their, their stuff. And then the camera moves and you see all these people in a line with like their have their like swords out and their the clacking and clinging, whatever you're hearing, is their swords, you know, you know, hitting each other and the camera's moving through it. And it's just so it's a beautiful scene. And then eventually you go like there's an aerial shot of all these people standing on this like bridge doing these movements. You really have to see it to truly appreciate it. But this is a scene played in full from what you just heard them kind of talking about the making of. Here it is. It's something like happiness. It's something like hunger. And something like fear. I give anything for someone to say All the words I don't have and I can put together I give anything for someone to say to her That she's all I can think about and I can live without her Now, that might sound great, but it sounds as great as it looks. There's like It's such a great scene. Just w- so well put together. The moving camera, the dancing, the dancing that happens within that scene. Obviously, you can't hear it, but it is so well choreographed. You really need to see it to understand it or watch the TV version of it. But once you watch that, you're going to want to watch the movie. Trust me. Now, coming up next... We take you to the red carpet for the world premiere of Cyrano. 
incredible to be able to share this gift of love with you all, with audiences. It was what we sought out to do, to bring people closer together. I wanted to make a film about human connection, how important that is to us. And that was way before the pandemic, and then the pandemic hit, and I went, all right, now's the time. Cyrano? Cyrano. So brave in so many aspects of his life, except in front of the woman he loves. Most heroes are heroic across the board, with in battle and with the ladies in these classic stories, and this guy's not. I just loved Christian, and it was such a different role for me, and I just wanted to kind of get into what his innocence was and his sincerity, and I thought that was really beautiful and something I admired. It's, it's incredible. It's a feast for the eyes. What do you think of them apples, huh? Now, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, any way to improve the show, please let me know. Cinemajudge at Hotmail.com. That's Cinemajudge at Hotmail.com. Or if you want to, go on to whatever platform you listen to this on, like it, share it. I'd really appreciate that. Or DM me on Instagram, the Cinema Judge, Twitter, Cinema Judge. If you want me to do better, let me know. I can't grow if I don't know. And just a side note, if you go to Spotify, Apple, whatever it is that you might listen to the show on, if you like this show or this episode, if you could, I know it sounds lame, but if you could like it, follow it, give me whatever stars you feel is you know appropriate for this show, I'd really appreciate that. But if you want to watch the TV version of this, like I told you earlier, you go to Bloomington, Minnesota's webpage. That's BLM as in Bloomington dot MN backward slash BTV dash shows and then type in cinema judge and a whole bunch of shows will show up. And man, what I like about the TV version is this. I could have red carpet stuff on the set stuff, things that I can't put on this podcast, but it's, that's what, that's why I love doing this show. Cause I could truly share so much more to you, the movie fans like me, what it takes to make a film. Cause a lot of times we take it for granted. I know I do, but then when you see everything that's involved in making a movie, you're like, wow, that's really incredible. But now it's shout out time to every one of you that listened to the last episode. This is for you from the United States, Iraq, Germany, Minneapolis, Minnesota, St. Paul, Minnesota, Kirk, Kirk, or Kirkuk, Madison, Wisconsin, Gilbert, Arizona, Alexandria, Virginia, Pasadena, California. Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa, Farmington, Minnesota, Holyoke, Massachusetts. I know I always butcher that one, but I usually say mass, but you get what I'm saying. Excelsior, Minnesota, Purim, Minnesota, Deerfield, Wisconsin, Frankfurt, Am, Maine, Hess, and so many more. Every one of you, you take time out of your busy life to listen to this show. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that because you guys live busy lives. You might listen to this at the daytime, nighttime, driving to work, driving back to work, on break, sitting at home, doing dishes, doing laundry, sewing buttons, whatever you're doing. I am so grateful for you to listen to this show because I love movies and I'm glad you enjoy movies and maybe that's why you keep coming back to listen. So this is for you. I thank you. But this week's special bourbon shout out goes out to my dear, dear friend, Annette. You've had a bear of a couple of weeks. First, you sprain your ankle, and then 
you had to have that cancerous thing removed from your nose. You have not had the best of couple weeks. So to you for always listening to my show, and, and you've been part of my life for what over well over 30 years. Ladies and gentlemen, not only is she my, my favorite lesbian friend, but she's even my just my bestest, bestest, bestest friend. She has been with me through thick and thin. <laughs> what a trooper. And what she does is incredible. And I know it's been a hard time for you. Truly, I'm thinking of you. I hope you get better soon. This is for you. Cheers. But now, it's music time. Now, when I was making this episode, I was listening to, you know how you create your own little music playlist on whatever platform you're on. I happen to have, you know, Amazon Unlimited, and I've created many playlists. And one of them, I call One Hit Wonders, Wonders, but truly it should be called, you know, A Few Hit Wonders, because once I started making this, you know, file... I get to a band, I'm like, oh, no, no, they had this song, they had this song. Well, man, they had this song, too. So it's not really a one-hit wonder thing that I made. It's more of a few-hit wonders. But while I was listening to it, in the you know, because of I had a, a net on my mind, a couple songs came up that just brought me right back to memories with her. <laughs> For example, you know, Manford Man Earth Band, a great band, but they made they remade three Springsteen tunes. And if you don't know what they are, they are Spirit of the Night for You and Blinded by the Light. Every one of those remakes are fantastic. You know, the originals are great too, but what they did with them were great. But the one song that really sticks out in the memory, you know, when I was listening to this, I was, I was at my second job, the song For You came on. And then I, I got transported. Here we were driving down Bloomington Ferry Bridge Road. The road no longer exists, but it was a great road. It had twists and turns and water on both sides. If you weren't careful, boom, you'd go, you know, into the water, especially in the wintertime. That was a a bear to drive sometimes. But here I was. I was driving behind her, and this is before cell phones. You know, and I, I see her jamming to tunes, and, you know, I'm listening to the radio too. And I, I kind of like gave the whole, you know, palms up thing. Hey, what's up? And then she flashed with her fingers, 92. And from Minnesota, and maybe other people around the world know who this is too, but KQ92 was a, is and was a huge station in our world. And it was playing for you. And here she was just car dancing with her kids to that song. And, and I can't even explain how she how she boogies, but it, in my mind's eye, I could see it just like it was yesterday. Here she was just playing out the, the lyrics while the song's playing, and I'm cranking and I'm watching her playing it as we're driving down this road. And it, it's just a great memory. But then years later, we were, you know, she was living somewhere up north, and I, I remember sitting up late. We were partying together, just, you know, just her and myself. And then we said, you know what? Let's call up the radio station and request a song. So I called up, requested Blinded by the... Uh, I'm sorry. I requested For You. And I remember we even recorded it on tape. That's what we used to do on radio. We used to, boom, push record, and then you you know, you know play the song. You, you could hear it, whatever. But <laughs> it was so fun. That song brings back so many memories between us, and it's just a great one. 
If you never if you never listen to it, give it a shot. It's a great song. Well, that is it. My glass is, well, almost empty, but I'm thirsty. So cheers to you and to the movies. So until next time, be well, be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge. (laughs) 